everybody, and welcome to the 25th episode of The Lab. As always, sitting with you is Alex Trotter, Baron Weirig, and I'm Lou Fonkamp. Um, got a lot of good questions after our last episode in regards to WAVE um, programming and um, linear programming. And one of the questions that actually uh, got brought up that I wanted to kind of turn into a full episode was, how can a multi-sport athlete benefit from training if they don't ever have time to actually delegate to the gym? Because uh, they're constantly in season. So, for example, you got someone who's in football, they go into basketball in the wintertime, and then they eventually turn around right in spring sport through either in baseball or track. Um, so the question was, how can you get that person to make progressions in the gym if they never have any time? Uh, so today what we're going to talk about is, is how a multi-sport athlete can actually benefit from wave programming um, or the pendulum programming throughout their in-seasons as they kind of go from sport to sport. Um, little rant here what we're going to have. I wouldn't even call it a rant. Um, it's really a lot of insight into you know, how you can get these benefits, especially as a busy high school athlete. Uh, so what I'll do here is I'll kind of let Brandon and then Alex here kind of rant and rave and let them have their fun. We start. <laughs> yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what um, style of program you run. There always needs to be some type of progression. Mm-hmm. If there's not any type of progression, you're just wasting time. You're just being a typical general pop person that doesn't know what they're doing at like any time fitness. Yeah. Never going to see any progress, things like that. But uh, kind of like uh, if you're an in-season athlete, I mean, you can still, if you still train at a, a 75, 85, 90%, on certain days, and you work on just moving that percentage faster and faster, you're going to get stronger. Um, speed's a pretty good indicator. Power output's a pretty good indicator of where your strength goes. Your power output goes up, your strength's going to go up. And um, even if you want to kind of base it off like what we talked about last week with Abby, the way she does with her athletes, like if you're in the middle of the season and you had a game yesterday, but you feel great coming off that game, take advantage of it and, and hit some heavy weights in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. that's kind of my quick spiel on it until we start getting into some examples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I think kids sometimes fail to realize how important the line of communication is between the athlete and the coach. Like when it comes to that, um, you know, like we're not asking you just to ask; we're asking you in in order to like mentally give you something to like do for that day while you're an in-sport or an in-season athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, not not every um, parts of training is going to carry over while you're in-season. So a lot of the times we'll pull out uh, max effort work, so our one rep maxes and stuff like that, and we will treat those as that's their game days, is their max effort work, because... It, at the end of the day, it is a max effort work. Their adrenaline's high. Um, you know, they have all that going on. <clears throat> They're playing at a higher pace. They're playing harder, most likely. And so you got to factor that into like you know the toll it's going to take on their central nervous system, their recovery, everything along those lines as well. So we monitor it more and increase and um, or increase like as far as the bar speed goes that Brandon was talking about. We monitor that a lot more closely during our in-season athletes than we do as far as the out-of-season ones go, because there's there's less room for error in the in-season athletes. I feel like that's like a very fine line 
for like a lot of people, especially like, like I'll use myself as an example. Like before I really got into like weightlifting and like um, actually watching what I ate, you know, you kind of do whatever you wanted food wise mm-hmm. back then. But now it's like, if you want to, I, f- I feel like the, the emphasis on nutrition and sleep and, you know, the big three have become so talked about now, but you still don't see that carried over and, and like, I mean, like, for example, I had a kid today uh, who told me they had gummy worms for breakfast, they had a burger for lunch, and an apple, uh, and then they were going to go get some Culver's for dinner. And I was like, it's an ideal meal plan. I was like, huh? And they're, yeah. You got your fruits with uh, the gummies? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All your basic food groups. Yeah. This tastes good. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the athletes need to be able to, you know, maintain those, but you want to go into making progressions in the weight room and you don't even have those on board, I feel like that's, oh boy, that's going to be hard. So my question to you guys is, uh, one, what would be some scenarios where, like what athlete types, or, I mean, if it would be like more beneficial for particular sports, because I mean, uh, you know, the difference between, let's say like in the springtime, baseball player versus a track athlete, I mean, you might spend half your time out there in the outfield or the infield not really moving a whole lot, but then you got your track athlete who's got to be a huge powerhouse, really, for how many seconds? I mean, how would you guys go about monitoring loads and progressions for those different types of sports? Let's start springtime since we're in the spring. We got a lot of track baseball um, athletes going right now. So let's talk about that first. Then we'll kind of backtrack to the fall. Um, track, I just... Uh pick my meats. I pick the invitationals. I pick the the bigger meats where you're going to start seeing some uh, high competition. I pick that as like a, a big time game day where uh, um, usually I'm in communication with the, their actual head coach most of the time. And then if it's like a dual meet or some small try meet, it's that's just a workout meet. Mm-hmm. So we're going to work on picking and choosing to, to kind of peak for that week. Kind of like taking it week by week. Obviously, you want to keep peaking next week to get to the the districts, regionals, and state to time that part up uh, high. Obviously, in the beginning of the season, we're still working out pretty hard, whether it's an invite or not. But once we start getting into, in this case, it's mid-April. Conference is like the second week of May. So we still got a good month, Mm -hmm. three weeks. But we're going to grind out the next two, and then when it gets to that week of Conference is when we're going to kind of start making some adjustments, but uh, this kind of depends on the schedule. It's really what it's based off of. I mean, track's a little bit easier because it's kind of you might only have two two meets a week. Mm-hmm. To where, like, we have a softball growing right now that she's got six games in six days. Yeah. So it's like today, we she uh, her progression is she reduced uh, a rep on her workout. I end up reducing her total weight. I just said focus on how fast that bar moves. And then we just did some accessories like floss. I mean, she's a pitcher, so she pitched four games in a row, hitting into her fifth one, and then she'll pitch again tomorrow on Saturday. So sometimes it's about getting blood and flowing. So not too crazy. I mean, some weeks it's like that, some weeks it's not. So I just I take it week by week, see what we got that week, and attack it there. Yeah. Yeah, and I I pretty much have a similar philosophy on that, and that's more so from like diving in myself, but then also picking Brandon's brain, especially when it comes to the track athletes. So Mm -hmm. we essentially want to have, like 
all the athletes, especially in the first half of the season, you're almost in like a, a acclimation phase or like a transformation phase. So you're still getting used to like, you know, the, the running, uh, your um, VO2, like all of that, like getting accustomed to that. So it's more so, um, like I tell, you know, one of my track girls that we're just practicing different things in her 400, for example, so she gets more comfortable with it. And because eventually by the end of the season, you want her to be an all out sprint the whole time. Like that's the level that you're trying to get to. And then, you know, you can always build upon it after that. Um, but as far as baseball goes, like the college athlete, like our intern Garrett. So usually what I do with him, like if I'm helping him out is I pull his max effort days, um, especially on lower. If he's been on the road that whole week, Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of, Athletes in general just don't take into consideration how much just sitting in a car or sitting in a van, a packed van, like, takes on your body. Like, it, you are beat up just from that. Um, so, pull the max effort lay, days there and just hammer his um, speed days more often. And then when he gets, like, a stretch of home games, <clears throat> as long as he's feeling good, he can, you know, just send it on a deadlift or a squat or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually, like... Um, He's come a long way as far as being able to tell us, you know, everything that's going on in his life to where, like, it makes it so much easier to program for that day. Because we can kind of get, like, a better gauge of where he's at mentally. You know, he's very good at recovery, too. So, like, he does sleep, he does eat, he does drink his water. So, it makes it easier on a coach. Okay. That kind of brings up an interesting topic. So, then, like, you know, bringing travel into consideration... Or, I mean, this wouldn't necessarily be for, like, the high school athletes as much, but, I mean, they can just train here whenever they're done. Yeah. Uh, if you do have someone who does have, like, extensive distances to travel for, like, performance, how are you modifying percentages or, like, the intensity of the lifts? Because, like, I think Garrett, look, we'll use Garrett as an example. He was down in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have him lifting, like, when he was down there, or did you have no. him modifying lifts? No. Just treat just treat the games as if it was his workouts Okay. for that day. Okay, that's what I wasn't sure. And I think baseball is especially tough, too, because at least half the game, give or take, you're just standing out in the field getting mm-hmm. beat down on by the sun. With track and stuff like that, you can usually like kind of like hide away and in some kind of a shade where, granted, you have the dugout and stuff. But there's there's some fields that are set up to where, like, you as the opponent just are getting hammered by the sun even in the dugout. So, it's you know, it's a, a strategy thing. Win at all costs. Yeah, it depends on the level too. Like some of our track athletes, yeah. that go to a nationals. They'll go there three, four days in advance. Yeah, just to kind of get used to it, get all the, get out of the car, kind of have a couple of days to get blood flowing going mm-hmm. again. Hit a workout the first day, maybe hit some some speed technique work the next day, and then after okay. that your meets the next day. Yeah, next day. depends okay. on what level it is. Usually yeah. the nationals and conferences, you get a couple of days break, but there's sometimes you're driving three, four hours, and you're running the meet that day and then heading back. So it just depends on what part of the season you're into. Well, I think one of the most important aspects that a lot of kids oversee, I guess, that just dawned on me too, if you can't do the little things as far as, like, getting your sleep in, your your nutrition in, or your water while you're in high school and you're not traveling that far or anything like that, like, all you're doing is setting up a very shaky foundation for when you eventually do go on to college or if you're, you know, lucky enough or skilled enough to move on to, like, the professional scene, like, that, that is 90% of your day, 95% of your day. So, and it's just, like, stacking little wins on that, you know? So, like, 
Um, if you can make it through a gallon of water that day, then like do it two days in a row and you just continue to do that. And then all of a sudden it's a habit and you don't even have to think about it. Of second nature. Shoot. Um, so let's move on to the fall. Football, you know, you got volleyball going on at that time, uh, cross country. Or no, volleyball, no. Yeah, in the yeah. fall, yeah. I was thinking wintertime. I don't know. Almost 10 out of 10 times it's in the fall. Okay, game on. <laughs> um, I was 11 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so then with the fall sports, um, kind of similar approach then I take it. Mm-hmm. In regards to how you guys monitor load, intensity, percentages. So then, you know, kind of getting away from what we do in the season and how about transitions between seasons and then we'll talk a little bit about the summertime because you know you're going to have that person in AAU or um, you know club sport whatever they're doing in the summertime maybe not in the sport as intensely but they're still in the sport Um, so let's talk about transition periods and so like you know going from one sport to another how could an athlete benefit from the wave programming and uh, maybe what modifications you guys have taken or adjusted with them to make them as successful as possible going from one sport to another without burning them out just more towards the end of that first season? Uh, with, with the wave program, it's, I mean, you're always kind of hitting, like, the, the strength, power, the power strength, so your body's always kind of ready for that. And then we usually we hit some, uh, depending on what your week looks like, mm-hmm. if we're hitting some kind of volume with bands or whatever, things like that. So your body's always kind of ready going into the next season, so you don't got to spend the time of, like, trying to rebuild, you know, the strength back that you lost because it didn't work out and stuff during season in that preseason like the month gap or whatever I mean one or the other sometimes you don't even have you might not even get a day off you might finish a, a long season of basketball mm-hmm. like if you go to state and then you're turning around like the next day or two you got a first preseason baseball game or whatever yeah. it may be so you always got to keep your body ready and that's the nice thing about the, the wave I mean you're always in a pretty much in a ready state mm-hmm it doesn't have like that huge, maybe like a hypertrophy eccentric phase where it kind of beats your body down and the weight's kind of low because you're moving everything kind of a little bit slower. Time under tension's a little bit longer. Everything's just kind of quick, explosive, and fast, and you're just always keeping your body in more of a, a ready state. Yep. And you can always just like uh, lower the percentages a little bit as well. So the most important thing is keeping the bar speed fast, um, especially for a lot of these athletes that are essentially like mental, mental midgets. You know, like they only, they only care about like what's on the bar sort of thing, you know? So like if they feel like they should be hitting this weight at a certain speed and it feels super heavy, well, you know, you just, you just ruin them for probably the whole week. So that's an, that's an important phase. Um, and then you can just slowly build up like a linear progression, build back into the correct percentages that you're needed, um, for your weight and stuff like that. Because as long as you're moving those percentages um, at the correct speed, then in reality or in theory, you should be able to at least still be at that max. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you can have like a good gauge on where you're at strength-wise based on your percentages during your speed days without necessarily loading it up and sending it on your back. So it'd be like so, a theoretical max. You'd still be... Theoretical, yeah. so at that same point. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be very close, I, I would say. Okay. And I've tested that out for, like, myself, as far as that goes. Like, I've mm-hmm. I've done no max effort lifts, but do three, three-week waves or something like that, come back and max it out again, and I'm, like, right where I was. So, mm-hmm. it's... But, 
I've been in the game long enough to where like I can earn that right of like playing it around for myself. So, because the at the end of the day, you want to raise your absolute strength. That's the most important part. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go back and let's backtrack here a little bit. So, if you had, let's say, you had an athlete um, who was looking to take a season off, just they wanted to develop a lot more strength because then they think that like their main sport is completed. They are also a let's say they're a basketball player. They were going to take basketball off. How much more aggressive would you be in terms of training then with them during that that off we'll call off season mm-hmm. compared to if they were in basketball? Uh, I would say significantly more aggressive, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean we we can essentially play around with like our max effort days and treat those as if like they're game days, you know. So like when we're um, for a basketball player, for example. Um, like you, you would do your compound movement. So let's just call it a, a sumo deadlift to work their hips, so then they can build up more lateral strength as far as like moving side to side. Mm-hmm. Well, then you could take them straight into that, and you could even throw in like another max effort, like vertical jump, and you can add weight to that. You can add bands to that. You know, you can add a different um, resistance or variable. Mm-hmm. And then everything else, as far as the accessories and goes, I mean, you can pretty much do those year round. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really uh, significantly different about that. It just allows us to have um, more exercises or more uh, variations to do, like in our in in the hat that we can pull out of, rather than the in season one where we kind of got to be, eh, we need to be a little bit more careful on this one because whatever. That's where I kind of start throwing back in some of my, my traditional lists. Mm-hmm. Like I try to get away from a lot of the similar, maybe some Eastern Strict movements during in season where I can kind of throw those back in, kind of get some time and attention, depending on what the goals is, if he's trying to put on size and strength. and mm-hmm. It just opens the playbook up a lot more. You don't have to worry about the the game he's got on Friday night. Yep. Yeah. And and most of the kids, too, they'll, they'll go out and still play pickup basketball, you know, yeah. or like, you know, if they're – worth a damn they'll at least go to the gym and like shoot around you know so you you want to make sure that they're still doing that while they're lifting and getting stronger too because at the end of the day they need to have that you know their their shot dialed in and stuff like that too and be balanced when they you know cross over and do a pull up and yeah so then you guys would say if you had a multi-sport athlete, if you were, if, if they wanted to and they were willing to drop one sport, would you say it is worth it or not? Because if you can make the benefits while training in season, but they don't really like that sport, what would be your like like incentive for them to actually spend more time in the gym as opposed to playing that that sport? I always have the conversation with the kids that it's like this is your high school career. Like once you, it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You don't get that back. I always try to encourage kids to play as many sports as they can. Just have fun with it. I mean, it's, yep. it's here that it's gone. So enjoy it now. And then if you know if they're not, if they got bigger goals they want to go past high school. Then we'll sit there and talk about it. But I make sure I have that conversation first. And then I'll kind of lay them out a plan. Okay, this is what we're going to do if you don't play. And this is what we're going to do if you do play. So regardless, you're going to be in the gym. You're going to get. You're going to be getting stronger, faster, quicker like that. But mm-hmm. here's just going to be the little change that we can make. Yeah. Is that little change worth it? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, like, even looking back, I'm sure how many times were we all told that? 
like, hey, this is like, this is going to be so fast, like, that your high school career is like over. And it like truly is, especially senior year. Senior year is like, it feels like you play one game and that's the whole season, you know. But um, I always make it like a point of emphasis to like when kids are going through that mental phase, you know, of figuring all that out, are like asking them, are you not wanting to play for you or are you not wanting to play because of like an outside influence that way? Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, no matter if it's your parent, your best friend, a coach that is telling you not to play, they don't have to live with that decision. It's you that has to live with that decision. So I've always been one of like, I I never wanted to leave like a stone unturned. Like I, I want to know that like I at least tried and gave it my best shot. Didn't turn out the way that I wanted, but that's that's life. Like you might as well just get you set now. <laughs> uh. No, I think one of the, the really cool things, like, over the last few weeks, that the discussions that we've been having in regards to programming, like, you know, first we talked about, like, the, the oh my gosh, words, linear and wave programming, and then we had that wonderful conversation with Abby Quinn from Yale on how, like, she utilizes, like, you know, the different parameters with the force plates for, like, modifying or advancing or regressing her programming. Um, so I just feel like there's a lot of insight now that we've kind of shared. In-season weightlifting is important. But then also how you go about throughout the year, if you are a multi-sport athlete, you can still make progressions. Um, you just need a little, you need a little bit more insight and maybe a little bit more background, kind of like what you two have in to like the wave kind of programming, but also how to monitor the athlete, right? I feel like that's, I feel like that's kind of missed. That's one thing that we've talked about. Um, but I want to make sure that that point gets kind of get driven home is like, you guys have conversations with the athletes. I've seen you guys in the gym. You guys, like, like you, I think you've said in the past, and I think you have too, and even Abby did last week, um, athlete first, mm-hmm. person first. And that's that's huge because, I mean, sometimes you hear people and then when they're, stalk, they're talking about, like, you know, programming and, you know, training and athletics, and it's, it's never the athlete when they first start off talking. And I feel like it's been kind of a different paradigm hearing you three talk, which is it just kind of makes me happy in regards to that because, I mean, I've seen a lot of great strength coaches and they have a lot of success, but at the end of the day, they go back and they're a great person. And so that's what I like to see is like where I'm sending people for training, but also like just the comfort level of you guys really monitor them as humans first. And then you also have the, the knowledge, the background, the expertise to then take them to higher, like higher success. And that I think is a great combination because it just shows like the decorum it shows the ability to take an athlete who is maybe a little raw and, they, you know, they want to do all those different sports, and you can take them, progress them, keep them happy in the sport, keep them progressing, speed, strength, power, you know, flexibility, do all the above. Um, so I want to implore, like, this is kind of like a, an incentive for everybody listening right now. Um, at the end of the day, reevaluate where you're training, okay, and look to see if the example being set for you is the success of you or the success of the gym and if it is your success first that goes into what type of gym you're in because that speaks volumes as to how invested they are in you just as more just as much as they are into um you are into them okay um anything else you guys wanted to add Mm-mm. no no i think that was a good way to end it so hope you guys enjoyed today's episode Um, We will see you guys next time.